Welcome to Net Nonsense, fishing through the internet and academia to bring you the biggest and baddest internet catches. Da, 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 da. I'm your co-host, Dr. Idil Galip. And I'm Erin Peasley. Welcome back to episode three of Net Nonsense. Woohoo, episode three, here we are. In this episode, we're going to talk about aged and crispy aged and mustachio and goatee TikTok filters, playing out imagined scenarios online, filters as magic mirrors, the fear of aging, the male gaze, gender performativity, and the phrase daddy. I know for a fact that my parents listen to this podcast, so um, I want to just fully explain uh, face filters for you. What we're talking about is when you are taking like a selfie video of your face, your face becomes like shaped in different ways and has, um, yeah, becomes augmented mm-hmm. um, by the app or mm-hmm. the filter that someone else has designed. Mm-hmm. I don't know which application first popularized this. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about when we were saying filters, I was thinking about the first face filter that I ever used which 100% yeah you can guess but it's going to be savage what you're going to say and it's going to be accurate also is it the snapchat dog filter 100% yes (laughs) (laughs) fuck you (laughs) what was yours okay I don't even know if I can make a guess as to what yours would have been um I don't remember I don't remember no I wasn't like I wasn't doing like (laughs) I wasn't doing like in platform sort of like synchronous filtration practice i was taking a selfie and then i was going ham with the face oh with app. the face filtering or sorry what was it called again face, face app face app yeah face, face tune. tune face tune yeah but you have to pay for it or something but i was i was definitely smoothing out my acne scar oh 100 percent, me too i was like not just smoothing out i would be zooming in and like doing kind of like uh poking at like finding where's waldo where are the yeah. best like little pimples to pop with yeah. the with the covering turning filter. myself into the 2016 like instagram baddie of yeah my exactly dreams. me too. giving myself a cut crease i yeah. recently did use the dog filter but on tiktok and now i was saw like, that yeah that was <laughs> that was a vibe i was like damn honestly it makes you look good that's the thing because these filters are not just like images or more absurd things that Mm -hmm. are put into your face often like even with the dog filter yes there are ears on you and a tongue Mm -hmm. that's popping out um but also (laughs) i'm pretty sure it like makes king kylie era um it makes your face also like skinnier i think and also chiseled chiseled, exactly like your jawline and everything probably your eyes are a bit bigger Mm -hmm. like all these filters even the most absurd ones are Mm -hmm. also making you your face like smoothed out and kind of aligning with usually like the general beauty standard although there are also absurd ones that are like intended to make you look bad yeah the filter that i wanted to talk about um i would say i i don't even know what it's officially called Mm -hmm. but it kind of puts a goatee on your face i think it's called goatee let me oh it is called goatee yeah but i would say yeah so i would say it puts a goatee on your face um and also maybe makes you a little bit more chiseled but not like like thin chiseled sort of Mm -hmm. i would say what did you what did you say before i would say it's like it's not a like an artsy skater boy filter but more of a yeah, I was saying it's like roadman style. Like it's just like snatched, but in like a masculine way. I think you know when you see guys with like incredibly like precise mustache goatee combo and like a like the fade is fading. 
I've seen on my TikTok a lot of um, people who identify as women using the mm -hmm. goatee. It's called mustache plus goatee. Okay, mustache plus goatee. But I think that they need also like an extra additive of riz in there <laughs> or charisma because yeah. every single time that a woman puts on this filter on my feed and they record a video it all it seems like it kind of like takes over their body the filter you know like it's not only placed on their face but all of a sudden it's an avatar yeah like these yeah exactly these women like are now imitating kind of the charisma that this character this goatee riz man boy mm -hmm. uh would have you know that they've mm -hmm. maybe like witnessed or interacted with and all of the videos I've seen with this goatee filter um, have also had the audio uh, that goes like, I feel like along with the kind of daddy's home and the filming a little bit from like below and moving your body in kind of this like charismatic, kind of slimy-ish or yeah. like sleazy way. Yeah, sleazy, but like... You, you're kind of into you're kinda it. You're kind of into it. Like, you don't want to admit you're into it, but you kind of have to admit. Yeah. And I would almost say, so the two example ones we have, your one, mm -hmm. I would say falls, I don't even know if it falls into the category of making you look unattractive, but it's definitely not making you look like, it, it doesn't make me look good, that's for sure. No, me neither. So yours is the... I need to buy a gun. Yeah. That's the audio behind it. So yeah. The original filter is called Aged. And this is a filter that you can use on TikTok to age yourself but we've seen filters like that be before this is like the i don't know how many like iterations of like aging filters there are there's so many of them but what's special about this is that it is highly accurate quote unquote and then we also have surgeons and doctors i don't know medical people they're coming on tiktok and saying basically that this is actually accurate based on like previous what we know about how a person's face ages I mean, the AI, whatever is in that, in the juice, is working <laughs> because it looks like um, if you have, let's say, a part of your face that is a little bit more like, I don't know, I don't want to say droopy, but droopy, let's say droopy, mm -hmm. it like kind of accentuates it in a way that makes sense. Like it doesn't look... Um, it's logical. It's logical. It doesn't look in too intense. or no. It looks very realistic on everybody. Super but realistic. But also realistic if things like don't go well. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. You well, don't think so? You haven't seen mine. Mine was really... Yeah. If things don't go well, you turn into the crispy aged one because there's two filters. One of them is aged, which makes you... And then the second one is crispy aged. And this one, like, it just sounds exactly like what it is. It makes you look aged in a way where you're like probably smoking crack a little bit okay i think every that's day. the one i used if i'm being honest i hope that's the one i used. I think so because the other one is jarring but it it's in a different way the crispy aged one is just like hilarious it also makes your teeth yellow that's the one that's and the it one makes your eyes a little bit like crazed so and then i think the the one reaction for this aged filter that really i i think is kind of coherent across the board is that is the shock horror and upset uh at seeing yourself aged i think um this is kind of like the the reason maybe why it went viral is because people were they were like it was it's jarring to see yourself aged in a super realistic way before this we were looking at ourselves through these aged filters but they were funny enough where you didn't have to take it seriously people say 
if you're on drugs, don't look into the mirror sort of thing. Um, there's this principle or motto is if you're doing hallucinogenic drugs, the last thing you 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 do is like look in a mirror. You should never do that because it's going to break your brain. Um, and I think there is a similar break your brain sort of like mm. uh, effect to this H but filter. I do wonder like how much how much of it is like people quote unquote like looking into the mirror of mm -hmm. the future and being scared because they're seeing the potential of them aging and mm -hmm. then like their own mortality mm -hmm. or how much of it is people being afraid because of their like of beauty standards mm -hmm. and our inherent inability to see the beauty of people or especially women mm -hmm. like over the age of what like late 20s or something yeah i think that's probably like super like embedded like both of those both things. of them yeah because you know women have been told you're your value in society is directly correlated with your beauty, your youth, and... Yeah, your ability to reproduce. Your Yeah, your fertility. Yeah, basically. Um, so I think there is, like, a lot of... We can definitely get into, like, kind of the psychoanalytical, you know, analysis, I guess, analyses of, uh, of these face filters. But I do also want to kind of go back and look at folklore. I know we've been... This is we love folklore. <laughs> we love folklore. Folklore is the best. <laughs> Doesn't Taylor Swift have an album called Folklore? That's true. Can Taylor Swift sponsor us? She doesn't even have to sponsor us. She just has to show up to like one of anything to do with us uh -huh. and we will blow up, obviously. But yeah, Taylor Swift, Taylor if, if, you're, if you're listening to this, we love neoliberal feminism. We love folklore and all the other albums. Going back to some like folklore tropes or popular culture tropes, not Taylor's version. What is the symbolic role of mirrors and reflections in our culture. So I was looking at particularly this um, podcast on folklore, Icy Sedgwick, um, and they have written up this like interesting blog post about reflections in folklore. And visions and reflections are oftentimes connected with fortune-telling, soul-searching, but also losing your soul. Um, and vanity and looking for immortality and it's I think in folklore it's all wrapped up in these um, really existential deep kind of issues um, and obviously the one big folklore story about reflections about mirrors is uh, Narcissus which is where the name you Narcissism know, yeah Narcissism comes from his mother fears his death at the hands of a great love affair following a prophecy she keeps him away from others until this is Narcissus we're talking about until he notices a handsome young man in the waters of a pool he's gazed into not realizing it was him he falls in love with the image unwilling to tear away his gaze he's wasted away as a result and I think there is something to be said about TikTok face filters and gazing into this like kind of vision of y you or your image in various different kind of realities. And I think there is kind of like a magical allure of these like TikTok filters that really grip us. And uh, one part obviously is you get a lot of joy or even, I don't know, you might fall in, in love with your bold glamour self. Um, and then you have something like the aged filter in which you feel like you're losing a part of yourself or you've seen something that you shouldn't see or you shouldn't have seen ever. These like sort of films or stories when uh, there's some characters who might see themselves aged, it's always like a breaking point, I think, within the story. 
because we have this idea that mirrors reflect kind of the soul and it's their reflections are tied with the soul i mean we have vampires you know who do, do not have a reflection because they do not have souls so um i think there's like something bizarre about the aged filter my understanding of kind of what you're saying too is that you're seeing a glitch in mm. something that is a consistency in like our lives like there's a mm -hmm. certain pattern for instance with aging we you don't really see yourself aging that much because it's happening so relatively slowly to mm -hmm. us progressively. So it's not as jarring as kind of like glitching and seeing a jump in the timeline for a second. Mm -hmm. But do you think it's seeing that that glitch is happening because it's in relation directly to ourselves? Or mm -hmm. like, would we have the same reaction if we we're only looking at other people using the filter. Mm -hmm. So with the age filter, is it putting it on your own face only? The other filter that I wanted to talk about, I, I have not even put on the goatee filter myself. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen it on my own body, mm -hmm. but just viewing other people using that filter, I still feel like illustrated a sort of a different sort of glitch mm -hmm. which is why that filter is also quite popular mm -hmm. and the glitch with that i think is surrounding the performativity of gender mm -hmm. but i don't think it necessarily required that i put it on my own body that being said i do think that in order to see what i what i mean by this glitch i very much needed to like click on those people's profiles and see what they looked like without the filter mm -hmm. and when I would see the comparison that's the moment where for me at least I would kind of yeah like have this moment where the filter becomes extra interesting because mm -hmm. I'm noticing this this inconsistency or glitch I've seen on my TikTok a lot of um, people who identify as women using the mm -hmm. goatee it's called mustache plus goatee listen I don't want to go back to second wave feminism, but when Simone de Beauvoir said like penis envy, this is, <laughs> it's like my, you know, that part of myself, when I use that filter, I do feel euphoric and I do feel kind of sleazy um, in an unabashed way. And I think it like opens up certain like opportunities for people to play like role play a part of themselves that's like unabashed and like like just you know pretty um i don't want to say sexual but like the sexual in innuendo is there because you're making eye contact with the camera you're like you're moving your body in kind yeah, of a rhythmic and this, way yeah and then the song like yeah. daddy's home you're like embodying this daddy character yeah I think like the what you're talking about is actually it is quite similar to uh, my understanding of Judith Butler's mm -hmm. very um, quintessential Visionary. gender trouble. Yeah, gender trouble uh, written originally in 1990 by Judith Butler, which is still very much um, talked about, analyzed, um, and significant today. Uh, but when Judith Butler talks about the performativity of gender, mm -hmm. basically what they're saying. I have a quote which is probably helpful to understand this. Uh, Judith Butler says specifically that gender is the repeated stylizations of the body, a set of repeated acts within a highly rigid regulatory frame that congeal over time to produce the appearance of substance of a natural sort of being. Mm -hmm. um, so basically it's this idea that people in their everyday lives and their embodied experience are... Uh, performing certain acts that align with gender expectations mm -hmm. or uh, what we perceive as 
specific genders. And this is referring to the gender binary of man and woman. This doesn't mean that because it's quote unquote a performance that it's something that we're necessarily choosing to do. So it's not that we wake up and decide to perform being, for instance, like for myself, I don't wake up and decide to perform being a woman. Mm -hmm. But instead, the argument is that there's nothing like inherent in a certain body Mm -hmm. that is not culturally um formed to Mm -hmm. be what we understand as man and woman Mm -hmm. um and that this performance obviously uh has huge limitations to it and uncomfortable limitations to it but that it's difficult for us to even see that any of us including ourselves are performing gender Mm -hmm. um because it's so embedded in our everyday lives Mm -hmm. and our everyday experiences um and actually Judith Butler's um, big argument, like one of the biggest examples they they offer about how to see the performative nature of gender uh, is uh, related to drag and drag performance. Um, and Judith Butler talks about uh, specifically how uh, I have another another quote. I'll just use Judith but Judith Butler themselves uh, and put it in the show notes because I cannot uh, paraphrase better than they do. Uh, but they say in imitating gender, drag implicitly reveals the um, imitative structure of gender itself as well as its contingency. So essentially, drag is illustrating the yeah the performative nature and in that way also the flexibility and um the lack of a binary in gender itself Mm -hmm. because people are illustrating very much that performative Mm -hmm. almost exaggerated nature of what Mm -hmm. we understand this binary of gender to be Mm -hmm. um and i think it's really interesting because this filter in a in a kind of a certain way um it's not drag Mm -hmm. uh but it is also placing a performance of embodied gender mm-hmm. uh, onto the face um, of anybody. And and as I said, the viral uh, TikToks that I've been seeing are people who um, very much present as women mm-hmm. placing this performative male uh kind of swag gender (laughs) onto their bodies Mm -hmm. and it's yeah I really thought it reminded me a lot of that that same um visibility and illustration of the limitations of that binary that Mm -hmm. Judith Butler talks about when they talk about drag Mm -hmm. um but take that into like TikTok swag Riz era basically or is it putting it on your own face only Mm -hmm. then is that right Oh, no, that's like a really good point. And I think maybe this is where the idea of like the platforms come in, right? Um, Because it is this like communal practice of putting this thing on and then using putting the filter on and then making the results, basically you using this filter available to the public for public scrutiny. You're putting it on your, you know, your page. And it's like, it's something that ties everyone together almost like everyone's kind of freaking out. I was basically looking at academic articles that have taken face filters as their central kind of research object. One of them that I really love, it's just so interesting, um, is called Do I Look Like My Selfie? Filters and the Digital Forensic Gaze. And it was reminding me what they've done is they were basically looking at... um, not like synchronous filters like we're talking about on TikTok. They were looking at face tuning after the fact. So 
you or maybe you take a selfie so they're not like these moving augmented reality filters they're just um stagnant filters that people use so they were just basically ask having these like focus groups asking people how and why um they put on these filters and how that all kind of relates to the idea of the gaze which i think butler also um they also mentioned butler's framing of the feminine gaze as a kind of reaction against the male gaze one of the seminal pieces on the male gaze comes from laura mulvey mm-hmm. um and laura mulvey working in film studies speaks about basically how women in uh, films in particular are displayed um, and portrayed in a way that appeals to what um, men would stereotypically imagine an appealing mm-hmm. uh female body to Mm -hmm. act and look like um the very there's like three ways that laura mulvey talks about it Mm -hmm. um i can also link the paper if people are interested but um like the way she talks about the way the camera like angles on the female body etc and i would say just the easiest way to imagine what the epitome of kind of the male gaze would be is that very iconic scene in Transformers where Megan Fox, do you know this scene? Yeah. She like pops the hood of the car and leans over and is like, let me fix this, you know? Um, and Oh, the girl, like the ultimate example is the girl who's into cars. Literally, yeah. So she's in into films. cars. She's also like has grease and oil on her body. She's wearing like the short shorts, etc. Um, And that's often used as an example to explain like, a very stereotypical version of the male gaze in mm-hmm. film. But this theory of the male gaze um, started in film analysis, or at least the Laurie Mulvey pieces um, about film analysis, but can be used in many other contexts as well. Mm-hmm. And this article was basically taking that idea of the gaze and they start from um, kind of Sartre and then they move on to Lacan and even uh, they talk about bell hooks and Butler's theorizing of the gaze. Drop all the names. What they say is through these are um, these like 20th century theoretical configurations of um, the gaze, but the subject is consistently positioned as a unitary whole. And they say that this is, um, it falls short of what 21st century online looking practices now demand because now uh, the audiences are much more different. So are the producers. So the audiences, you know, I think in the early 2000s, there was this idea of the professional amateurs and everyone becomes a cultural producer. And now audiences and producers, cultural producers are enmeshed in a way that we didn't have before. Uh, of course, we still have, you know, directors who who are perpetuating a certain way of looking at things, obviously. But then um, there's just more people looking at things. There's more things to look at, look at as well, I think, in our day and age. They talk about the forensic gaze. So the forensic gaze emerged with crime scene photography in the 19th century. So they were not just taking these pictures of a crime scene for evidence, but they were also taking it as a way to show the public. So legitimizing, they posit that now we're living in this kind of digital forensic gaze age. What they were saying is that they were looking at how Um, people would look at a selfie they would look at a selfie forensically through like a kind of a forensic gaze meaning they assumed that every selfie they looked at was um had some sort of filter or at least some sort of like 
image manipulation to change maybe the face. Um, we're now in an era where we're taking images, we're, um, yeah, we're videoing Im uh, images or videoing things in a way where we know that we're going to put it up for public scrutiny. And I think these age filters also do a similar sort of thing. Um, so I think there's a cold... Uh, forensic attention given to people's facial features like in crime scene photography where you would the body is like similarly gazed upon as the objects would in in this in this in an image um so it's like kind of we're approaching images and we're approaching looking at something with kind of a clinical almost cold forensic precision and i think filters are either or maybe they're both they're either a result of this sort of changing uh regime of looking or they are i think maybe a a natural evolution of of our this like pictorial turn that we're in i want to also give an example of what i mean by this when people use this filter and they maybe caption it saying she would look she looks like she would always have cookies for you or she looks like you know they're imagining these scenarios in which they they look like or they're like being someone uh, or they're looking at themselves through like various almost like layers of mm -hmm. looking mm -hmm. and then they're imagining themselves in scenarios and then they're putting that up for public scrutiny saying this is what she would look like and then you look at the comments and everyone's also agreeing uh, agreeing or even when they're agreeing they're also doing this again like forensic sort of uh almost picking like apart. picking apart of deconstruction of people of what they look like there's something eugenic about mm -hmm. looking at the face in that particular way mm -hmm. in that scrutinizing way of saying this is big features, this is small yeah. the features so there's like a real like weird way that we could look at this not um, look at this but like discuss the kind of almost like the on the dark underbelly of mm -hmm. of face filters but i think it's interesting that you're saying that um putting like the face filters on is and then asking people for confirmation about mm -hmm. like does this make me look like this type of person mm -hmm. etc is also like involving other like the public debate in this confirmation of self like mm -hmm. needing to be in certain pools or you know like needing to be in certain categories and mm -hmm. being uncomfortable with not knowing which category like asking for confirmation yeah. with the daddy's home like filter the goatee filter yeah. i think that it's so funny some of the uh, comments and reactions mm -hmm. to that so they'll be like giving stereotypes about like what this imagined kind of like swagger man would do mm -hmm. and the comments are always like yeah it looks like this man would i don't know like yeah. this this man would uh i can only think of a a dutch example but <laughs> what's that? What's the dutch the... example would be like this man would would buy you would be like i've got it i've got your i've got your 250 beer don't worry <laughs> about it and then you'd get home and he'd like send you a tiki a bank <laughs> request for the 250 beer or like it looks like this man would be like i don't know they have other comments that are really interesting to you. like it looks like this man would be like um no need to use a condom babe like i'm clean <laughs> like that type of thing you know yeah um, and that's like that that's the kind of like imagine the imagine scenarios that's that, what people contribute to in the comments like yeah. you're collectively brainstorming what this imagined character would do mm -hmm. i feel like half of the goatee filter or more than half of the goatee filter is people like 
making up this character uh, and laughing about like what this imagined <laughs> character would do. Yeah. And there's such a dissonance between like that character and then the person who's put on the filter, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. But mm-hmm. I'm also very interested with these filters. Like you've talked about um, uh, the impact of kind of like looking in- at yourself almost mm-hmm. in a mirror through these mm-hmm. filters, but also creating a joint character that mm-hmm. people discuss mm-hmm. through these filters and kind of both of those scenarios, this, uh, this dissonance in some type of consistency in our everyday that we're not used to seeing Mm -hmm. and how that can create some type of reaction. Mm -hmm. But I'm also really interested, especially on TikTok in the role of the audio Mm -hmm. in all of this, because with both of the um, filter examples that we've given, like the, there are distinct (laughs) audios that go with each of them. And these aren't even necessarily songs. So as I've said before, I will once again, imitate them. First one with the old, the older filter is Mm -hmm. I want to buy a gun. There's another one as well. It's like, um, can I have a, can I have a lighter and a goddamn cigarette? Yeah, that's for the crispy one. Interesting. And and the thing is, like, obviously, you can use any audio with these filters. But usually the ones that go viral are um, consistently have a combination of a certain audio mm-hmm. over the video itself. And mm-hmm. then this becomes consistent. And so with the goatee one, it's the the song. Yeah. Daddy's home. Home for me. Um, and I am like, yeah, I'm interested in what the role of that is, too, because at least with the goatee filter, um, people are often also singing along to Mm -hmm. those lyrics Mm -hmm. or moving their body in the rhythm of the audio itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the audio goes with kind of the, the character that they're creating with the goatee filter. So Mm -hmm. as we've talked about, like not just this man, but this charismatic man who also has this kind of like um, sexual, like dominance, I guess. Yeah. It's dummy. Yeah. It is like a, dominant dom energy (laughs) um along with this use of the the phrase daddy too yeah which is also really interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i feel like the phrase daddy in and of itself Mm. in a sexual context freud was right Freud was right. The resurgence of Freud. Um, but I think like the the use of the phrase daddy as like a dom term mm-hmm. also has its own nuance in the situation. The phrase daddy is like the the mainstream version of what people imagine like sub dom culture to be like yeah. i don't know like i perhaps probably this phrase could also be used mm-hmm. in dom sub um dynamics but it's like it's the main kind of stereotypical performing mm-hmm. a dom phrase you see the phrase daddy mm-hmm. online a lot and also in public discourse i think the origins of it um i actually could not find really much writing about this um which is always a hot spot in <laughs> academia so no one writes Gap that in literature yeah no detected. one writes that paper before me <laughs> um but i did find one paper um by simon j bronner uh called who's your daddy looking at proverbial and psychological <laughs> meanings in practice it's in the practices of folklore essays so Mm. we just we fucking love folklore um and basically tries to trace the yeah historical popularization of this phrase Mm -hmm. daddy or more specifically who's your daddy Mm mm-hmm And they say that apparently in the 1990s into the early 21st century in sports, who's your daddy was used to ridicule an opponent. Mm -hmm. 
Um, then uh, basically tracing the folklore of this phrase, mm-hmm. people began to refer to authoritarian daddy in Washington to racially tinged urban slang for pimping. In the context, oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. in the context of the 21st century, right. uh, it served as psychologically beyond sports to represent male insecurities about threats to patriarchy. That's okay, what it's they about. Just, they went. They went all out with the with the like with the hot hot keywords. They're like just put all the keywords in one. Literally. Also, I do not like. I do not we agree. Do not that. condone this paragraph. No, I don't agree with the end. Like, it's very interesting to me that it that they're tracing a bit of this mm-hmm. phrase from sports and mm-hmm. also to um yeah racially tinged urban slang for pimping. That's all interesting. But then saying that now in the twenty like in the twenty first century um. It's it represents male insecurities about threats to patriarchy. No, I, it does I not. I fucking wish. It does not. I wish that that was the case. Like this is a hopeful future I have. But um, <laughs> optimists be like, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, optimists be like, who wrote this? Um, good for you. That's great. But I don't think that you've been dating out in the world today because people are not using this phrase unironically. The thing that I do think is quite interesting about this to to kind of if you'll if you'll let me go on a, t- a tangent yes. towards more of the Please. daddy. Uh, is that I do feel like, at least in my experiences, like living in Amsterdam now, that there is an association between using the phrase daddy in a sexual context to like American and North American culture. I don't know if this has been your experience, but people have asked me, Uh oh, yeah, do people in North America, because I'm from Canada, do people in North America use this phrase unironically, like in the bedroom and Uh things like this? Uh And they associate, I think probably largely because of porn with an American centric kind of context. Yeah. Interesting. I'm just thinking of like different like familial structures and like the North American like uh, family structure and what sort of, I don't, not traumas, but maybe traumas or whatever it inflicts upon the children of of Mm -hmm. like a household. And maybe there is a different kind of familial structure that makes that more, I don't know. You know, now that you say that, like I do think about there, there are some uh, uh, like if I watch I don't know like 90s rom-coms as I do you mm-hmm. know um, there are like lots of examples I can't think of one in particular maybe in, like Clueless or something where um, women are using daddy in a non-sexual way like this phrase yeah, was to, in to, to, like to refer to their, their father fathers. yeah they're like especially kind of like rich girls exactly rich white girls um, saying like daddy could I have like the keys to the Porsche uh-huh. that kind of thing right so okay because you're saying okay rich white girls um, say you know daddy to basically ask some for something from this like patriarchal figure as as like asking nicely for something and i think that has a lot of like potential i guess like you can like pornify that really really easily because exactly and it's like the person who's saying it is like a sub so someone in exactly like a, yeah like supposedly let's say the power dynamic is um yeah kind of like not imbalanced i don't know if there is like a wider association between american culture and Uh where the phrase daddy came from this is what i was trying to find in this article um i think that there is Uh would be my guess uh but i always find we don't have that and like i can't really think of like in turkish culture i don't really think but i always yeah and i say this sometimes to friends of mine like Uh especially those when English is not their first language and I'm like, do you, yeah, like, would you say, if for instance in Dutch, would you be like, lekker papa? (laughs) Yo. Yo. I'm cutting that out. (laughs) 
But anyways, no, there is another, like, I, it really does seem like a distinctly English language thing mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also American the culture. The perversions of North America. 100%. But I also, I find it really interesting if people talk about it being associated with American culture. And I find that that easily slips into this um, starting to have kind of expectations of how certain cultures have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that really interests me also mm-hmm. like research research wise okay. like these expectations about certain bodies and people being from certain sociocultural backgrounds and that that means that they're going to have sex in certain ways sure like this expectation for instance that like people in north america would more like use this daddy performance uh-huh. kind yeah. of way in today's episode we discussed aged crispy aged and mustachio goatee tiktok filters we also discussed playing out imagined scenarios online filters as magic mirrors the fear of aging the male gaze gender performativity and the phrase daddy 